enough of this jibber jabber. Check it now, this is just an introduction. Before we blow your mind, we step up in your function and put in overtime. I'm not a workaholic, but I'm always on my grind every day. Cause that's the only way I'm gonna shine. Anyway, I had to put this beat over this rhyme just to remind my people of a much simpler time when we play video games and ball sports with overall short, short fades on ball courts. For me, it was the 90s. For you, it may be different in your mind frame, but the time frame ain't specific. We was always just kidding back when we was just kids. We never had to question. In our lives, we just live just cause Why were we happy? We just was Maybe the reason is cause all we needed was just love And uh, some of us got that What do you call that? Well back then we were calling all that Hey, hey, and welcome to episode, what episode are we on? 34. 34 of the Death Cakes Podcast, and this is another theme month that we're doing. Um, If you saw our quick little YouTube video, we are doing fantasy. Um, why? Why did you do it? Why did you do it with that song, man? Because <laughs> why not? <laughs> I guess but, uh, you know. If, if if anybody seen the video, what would be what would really make this thing just blow it over the top is if we actually had this fantasy thing hosted by that fucking clown who's tied up to the post. Why is he tied to the light pole? <laughs> why? It makes no sense. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm apologizing in advance, people. Um, we are not morning people, and here we are. We're recording this actually in the morning. Death Case Podcast in the morning. Uh, so I'm a walking endorsement for Cafe Bustello. I don't even like coffee, but I love this stuff. So if you hear me sipping, I'm sorry. And uh, if I'm a little off, blame it on the morning. Yeah, I think this is the first morning podcast we've ever recorded. Yep, we usually. For nighttime or afternoon, if that you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, let's jump into this real quick. Um, how this all came about? Um, it was another one of those Faustian deals that I made with Ellie. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, continue, continue, because um, we cause... were. I, I don't know where the, this movie sort of popped in my head, but I was like, you know what? Um, I remember this movie from from the 80s when I was growing up and it it was a, a favorite of mine you know for most of my childhood why? So I was like, you know what <laughs> I, I, I don't know <laughs> it just was and I was like you know what let's we, we should do the, this movie for episode and I know that uh, I don't remember what episode but I know we've brought up uh, Surf Ninjas before yeah. And I, I said I didn't want to do it. And I was like, well, um, I came to LA. I said, well, if we do this movie that we're going to talk about today, I'll do Surf Ninjas because I hate Surf Ninjas. So, yeah. um, so not more than maybe two weeks later, uh, TV network called El Ray that I, I think I've talked about before on here, which is a fucking awesome network. Because they show a lot of 80s and 90s uh, cult classic films that they have 
They have the rights to all of the Shaw Brothers uh, kung fu movies. Right. Um, they constantly are showing like reruns of Miami Vice and X Files, and uh, they, they show a lot of these sort of um, grindhouse type movies. And you know, a couple weeks after I made this deal with with Illy, um, I was flipping through the channels and, and I stopped on El Rey because they, they were showing something, and then they had a commercial this weekend this movie and another movie playing back to back I was like oh well that's it that's going to be our our two movies let's turn this into a theme month yes. I know we got the, the summer movie block coming in June but let's just knock out another you know quick cu- couple movies because this is sort of serendipity that we're that we're uh, that this that both of these movies came up at the same time yeah, on top of that, also, you know, they were big on um, when we grew up, you know, our our, our, our go-to um, dumping ground, I guess, Channel 11. I say dumping ground just because <clears throat> there was just so much random stuff on there. Uh, that's how they used to do. And Fox as well, you know, on Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings, you know, they play <clears throat> two, three movies back to back. And a lot of times we movies just like this. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, you know, I, I made this deal, and, and we decided we're going to do this. You know, like, okay, great. Then, uh, right before um, <clears throat> we, we we were finalizing and, and we, we were finding the movie on the internet, uh, Illy comes back. He's like, "Okay, you know, I won't make you watch Surf Ninjas if we do this. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm going to have you watch something else. You know what? No, 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 because you made me watch this. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, man." Look, I'm sorry. You know, I, for, okay. Tell people what it is. Well, for oh, okay. But before I, I say the, the name of the movie, I want to say in the '80s, fantasy was a big um, genre. You had movies like uh, you know Conan the Barbarian, Conan the Destroyer, yes. Red Sonia, which we're going to talk about next episode. Yes. Um, the, and you had your you know your ones that weren't really big. But had a cult following like Krull and Zardoz, and um, those Zardoz is more future science fiction. But um, you know, in in the seventies, it was it was you know kung fu movies and space movies. In the eighties, it was all these director video. They had, had a lot, lot of bad sci fi movies, but there are also a lot of yeah, bad fantasies. Yeah, a lot of sword and sandal wizards and stuff, and this movie was one of them and it is because of this movie i'm gonna say the title right now is 1982's the beastmaster fuck this movie (laughs) and and this movie was you know i've talked about before we had early hbo when I, i was a kid you know when hbo first started we we had it for a time and this movie was on hbo on the regular it, it it was on so, so much that that uh, people actually had, had a nickname for HBO. It was uh, HBO stood for Hey Beastmasters on. Yes, and <laughs> you know what? When when I was watching this for the show, my wife she was freaked the fuck out because she said she saw this movie when she was like five or six years old on TV, and it scarred her. And I'm like, well, it's scarring me now at 33, so I, I totally get it. I feel sorry for you. See, but she and, thought on she thought on TBS. And that was the other one. It was the main series on TBS, and they called it the Beastmaster Station, TBS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I think about five or six is when I saw it, too. Well, 
I want to know. Well, you know what? So 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 now everybody knows what it is. I am myself have never never seen this. I've heard of it. I knew it existed. I might have flipped past it on TV and saw a part of it, but I don't know. I was not familiar with this movie at all, dude. This is a yeah. two-hour fucking movie. Yeah, and it, it oh, it could have forty minutes easily could have been chopped out of this. Oh yeah, and there's it a is lot of retarded. I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I switched up the pick on you because <laughs> this movie. Oh, I'm so I'm Jay. This is this is this this is this is this is, this is Avatar. Uh, no, I'm sorry. The, this is the last Airbender Shyamalan flick level BS right here. And I'm oh, I don't now, know why this I don't know why this movie is a cult classic. Yeah, now I, I will say, like I said, I, I watched this movie when I was probably five or six, and it even to this day has had an impression on me because you know when I was a kid I didn't play D and D, but you know I read those you know those fancy books, dragons and all that other stuff, you know. Um, but when it comes to ev- video games, even now when when there's a game where you can have a pet. Like I played War- World of Warcraft for a time back, you know, in the early 2000s. Um, I-, I was the hunter. Why was I the hunter? It's because you could have a pet. When I uh, when Borderlands came out, I used all of the characters, but the character I used most on Borderlands One was oh, Mordecai the Sniper. Hey, and you, you were know playing what? the game acting like you were Beastmaster, weren't you? It- I had a pet bird, just like the Beastmaster. This movie. This movie imprinted on me in a in a way where, you know, I I always want to have you know, a pet in in the if, if there's an option in a video game where I can have a pet, I do it because of Beastmaster. Wow. With that being said, a, as I watched it for this show, this is a bad one. Oh, this is a horrible movie. Let's get into it right now. Let's, yeah, let's get into it. This, this movie again came out in 1982. Uh, it starred Mark Singer who. Um, was actually in all three of them. Um, you may also yeah. know Mark Singer there because there were two. There, there was one directed video sequel, one sequel that that came out on NBC. But we'll touch and a me, series. What? People love this thing enough to where they got all of that. Well, that series. It. We'll we'll talk we'll talk about the se- series and the sequels at the end. But um, you you may also know Mark Singer. He was the star of uh, 1980s V. Uh, you know the the lizard alien thing. He he was the, the star of that show as a, uh, a photojournalist. He was trying to expose the aliens for what they were. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, Beastmaster is your, your typical sword and sorcery movie. <laughs> we're gonna jump into it because there's a lot of bloat, and we're gonna. You know what else I hate? I hate you for not recording this last night like we usually do at night because I had beer on on tap and it, it you know it's, I respect beer o'clock. I don't you know I'm not an alcoholic. I don't drink in the morning, so I fell asleep and make my way through this without any beer. I, I fell asleep and I'm sorry. Uh, but all right, movie starts out. Um, you see, in some of the worst sets I've ever seen. But it, it's you know um, the opening credits look really bad too. It looks like something out of the fifties, like 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 the the Moses movie or the, the uh, like the Ten, Ten, Ten Commandments, something like that. You know, with all the static title cards and music and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's really bad. But anyway, you see this uh, this head wizard who's played by um, oh shit, I just uh, Rip Torn. Yeah, who are. Uh, most 
notably, you would know him. He played Agent Zed, he the the head guy on Men in Black. Yeah. Um, he's been been in other stuff too. He he got arrested. Yeah, he he, he's a character actor. He got arrested a couple years ago for breaking into a bank because he thought it was his house and he was like rip roaring drunk. (laughs) He didn't steal anything. He just like slept on the couch inside. But uh, wow. Anyway, he is he is uh, the wizard Mayax, and he's having this like ceremony with these two monks and these three witches, which the witches have like bikinis on and they're all hot body, but then they turn around and they yeah, have with like no, this... with no bottom pieces. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just didn't waste any time either. Did they just went right to the, right to the fantasy smut. Yeah. But they, they, they had like makeup to make their faces look all melted and stuff, yeah, but the makeup it wasn't good. It, it was, it was peeling off their faces. So it didn't look that good. <laughs> But anyway, he he's plotting to uh, to kill the king and the queen. The king comes in and banishes all of them, you know, into the wilderness. Um, then one of the witches comes Which back. You know, from Walking Dead, doesn't work. You yeah, can't out somebody and expect them to not come back. It never works. Instead of just killing the dude, they 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 banished right. him. So, so then one of the witches comes back to the castle and does this thing where she pours this like green liquid across the necks of the king and the queen as they're sleeping, and then starts running her hands around the queen's because the the queen is pregnant. She starts rubbing her hands around the queen's belly. Whoa! And uh, I, I back up a little bit. The the witch brought in a cow. But time like, out before we even get to that. The, it wasn't didn't the witches prophesize that he was going to be killed by the son of the king or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's prophecy. Okay, so that, that Max would, would be killed. Yeah. Right. All right. So moving forward. So that. So 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 you were about to say. Yeah. So so the, the witch brings this cow into the castle. How she got past all the guards with this big ass cow, I don't know. But she got in there and. And she poured this green stuff across their necks, so they were basically paralyzed and couldn't move. And yeah. she's running her hands over. And as she's running her hands over the queen's uh, pregnant belly, the belly starts to move and shift and push out. And then you see the cow's belly expand and get bigger. Well, this is grotesque. And, and you know what? There's two things about this. Number one, a witch and a fucking cow made it through a guarded pal well apparently it's not guarded i mean where well how do you how do you how do you break into a palace and into the chambers of the king and queen with a cow well you see this this city later on and this city is kind of shitty so i don't know if a palace is really what you i, I think it was more of a hut well <laughs> she won't walk right in there like she owned the fucking Be- place yeah and- because these sets are so bad yeah, but another thing about this is, you know, when I sat down and watched this for the first time um, a couple weeks ago, dude, I had to stop right here and I couldn't watch it. I said, nope, off. Gotta turn it <laughs> off because I, this was right on the heels of, um, I was at my nephew's birthday party and my sister was telling me, you know, just in the course of conversation at one point, she told me about something she'd seen in the news where a woman had been, she went on Craigslist and was uh you know because she was she was pregnant and someone was selling baby clothes which is a common thing 
So she goes to the person's house to go pick up the baby clothes. People, so let, me, let me stop right there. People don't ever go to anyone's house, any private residence for Craigslist. Go meet, meet in a public location. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, because it gets worse. So, but so she goes there. Soon she gets in. Um, two guys uh, beat the hell out of her and drug her. And the woman, basically, they cut the child out of her. Oh, my God. And the reason being is because the woman who orchestrated this, she said she was pregnant, but actually miscarried and needed a baby. Holy And so, but I don't remember how, how she said that the police finally, you know, arrived at the scene. But, you know, um, they got everybody and... You know, the woman's in custody, and the other woman, she's in the hospital. Oh no, no, yeah, she took the yeah because they took the baby to the hospital where the baby died, of course, you know. But right. um, the 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 woman who was pregnant, she's in the hospital. She wakes up and you know, trying to kind of re- remember what happened, and she's trying to tell the police officer, you know. But uh, yeah, I need help because I'm pregnant, and he had to leave the room and compose himself and come back and tell her, mm, uh, no, you're not. Um, this is what happened. And I just sat there with her mouth open, like in horror, as she was telling this whole story. So then, a few days later, I sit down to watch Beastmaster, and there's this scene right there. I'm like, oh no, 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 <laughs> I, I, nope, nope, nope. So I, I, I didn't watch again for a couple of days, and I fast forwarded through that whole thing. Oh, I hadn't heard that story. Oh God. But, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's horrible. But, uh, but but but, but in, anyway, the, so yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, finish your point. Well, because you you were, I I'll let you finish because you weren't quite done explaining what was going on here. Okay, but uh, and anyway, yeah, the witch uh, does this thing, and now the through magic, the baby is now in the cow rather than in in the uh, the mother. That's and what it, I wanted it, to say. That's yeah, what I wanted it, to say. What sense did that make? I don't know. What sense did that make? All they had to do, if you know, you're trying to prevent the the, the the little child from being born, you kill the mother, or you you know, you know, you 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 well, the, stab the stomach or whatever, and it's done. It's over. They had to it's sacrifice done. the baby to their you know whatever whatever foe you know magic god is in this movie. Okay, uh, so. Or so does this bullshit god have anything to do with cattle? Because what, what, what was the point of him planning it into a cow? I don't know. This is what I'm talking about. You made me watch this shit. I'm so upset. <laughs> but, but anyway, you, uh, um, the, the wife, or the, the queen dies. The king is awake, and he's watching all, all this, but he can't move because of the blue or green or whatever color stuff it's is across his neck. They just dribbled on the neck and now they can't move. It just, like, I mean, no explanation at all. Just They couldn't even... I mean, the special effects budget was that low. They couldn't just like have like some lighting effects to make it look like they're in a paralyzed state or something like that. Yeah. You know, they, they're just... <laughs> they just sprinkle some blue shit on the neck. Yeah. And why the but, neck, I don't know. But uh, I, I, I don't know. But uh, anyway... Um, then it cuts to the woods where this this witch has well I, I guess the cow gave birth to the kid because the cow's just sitting off to the side which can't happen the witch is sitting by this uh, campfire 
and she's got this like metal brand in the fire and she pulls it out and she sticks it in this leather cuff to see if it's hot enough I guess and then she jabs it into the baby's palm and it's like this sort of pyramid shape which is supposed to be the symbol of the the god that they worship called R yeah but um, anyway as, as she's doing that and then she pulls out a knife and is about to stab the the baby and sacrifice him. As she's doing that, this uh, old guy is walking through the forest, and he sees this all going on. He uh, pulls out this wicked-looking, like boomerang axe blade thing, and he flips it out. It's like a switchblade almost. He flips it out, and he throws it, and it it stabs the witch in the back. And she disappears and turns around, comes back. He pulls out a sword, uh, kills the witch, throws the witch into the fire. He, of course, t- takes the baby back to his village and uh, um, celebrates. Like he 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 gets back to the village, walks in the front gate of the village, and is he raises the baby up in the air, and everyone's cheering and celebrating. I don't know why. It's like they, they were expecting this magic baby to come. <laughs> right. You know, just, just, what is he, you know, what does he know? You know he, all he did was avert something that he happened to stumble across. I mean, yeah, I think he knew what was going on the whole time. Yeah, but he does. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then fast forward, the, the baby's now a, a kid. Um, and this man is te- teaching the kid how to fight with the sword. And then he pulls the, the farmer pulls out that axe blade thing. And he's like, hey, watch this. And there's this other guy who I think is farming, but he's farming by a tree. <laughs> like, he, he's got a hoe, and he's, like, digging in the ground with this hoe. And the guy takes the axe boomerang thing and throws it. And it uh, knocks the guy's, like, head wrap off and sticks it to a tree. So, you know, much fun is had, and they, they laugh at the guy. The guy starts climbing the tree to pull his little turban thing off when a bear comes out of the woods and grabs the guy, kills him. Um, the old man and, and the kid are standing there and they're watching it. And then the bear comes out of the woods. Uh, the kid whose name is Dar. Yeah. He stands up and he looks at the bear and the bear looks at him. And then they do this weird, just music cue where it's just like, <laughs> sounds like chimes and stuff. This is also the first bear you've ever seen. It's like walking upright and just... It's walking like yeah. a peep. Yeah. And then the bear just turns around and walks away. So then the farmer's like, don't tell anybody that, that you have this gift. That you can, you know, talk... I don't really think it was talking to him. It was just kind of looking at him. But, yeah, you but know. again, how did he know? Yeah, but that that's the BS magic of this. And you know, He's like, uh, don't tell anyone that you can talk to animals and so then we fast forward again, and now he's um, a young adult. Is now Mark Singer. Now he's He-Man from the movie. Yeah, he would would have been a better He-Man than than uh, Dolph Lundgren, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, because I mean there was no acting in He-Man either. So, I mean, yeah. So um, he is uh, in this village, and he's an adult. He's got a pet dog, and. You know, they're walking around, getting ready to go out to the fields to to hoe, you know. And as they're they're out in, in the fields, 
these barbarians come out of nowhere and start attacking the village. So all the farmers, including Dar, run back to the village and they're fighting. Um, Dar's father dies. Dar gets hit by an arrow or gets knocked out. And then his dog grabs his clothes and like pulls him to safety. And then the dog gets hit by an arrow. And it, it, it's very much like the beginning of Conan the Barbarian when, um, and Conan's family is is slaughtered there, and you know they leave Conan alone. Well, no, they they kidnap Conan and take him to the fighting ring or whatever. Right, and but, you know, as, as much as much bad as I've already had to say about this movie, um, I will say that this scene was really it was pretty awesome. Yeah, you know, low budget flick, and it seems and so what I feel like I felt like the creators of this had this one scene in mind. And then no movie to go with it. They decided to make this thing as badass as we can, and then film the rest of the movie with whatever change we have left. Yeah. So the scene was really cool. Yeah, the, the scene was cool. But anyway, well, one thing I have to say because it happens twice. the The signal that the the barbarians who are called the Juns, not the Huns, it's a J. Yeah, the Juns. <laughs> the Juns. To to sort of signify that the Juns are coming, they have this. It is an obvious cartoon rendering of of a dust cloud, and they just superimpose it on the side of a mountain. <laughs> You're like, oh no, the Juns are coming. <laughs> See this giant cartoon dust cloud. Oh, but uh, the Juns come; they they kill everyone, including Dar's father. And uh, Dar survives. He picks up his father's sword. And um, the dog, of course, has passed. So now he 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 buries his father, and um, now the movie becomes a role playing game, essentially, because you are putting your party together. You know, you're meeting all the characters in your party. So first, he um, he finds his uh, his eagle companion. Which is Shrock or something like that? I think is what he named it. Well, no, the eagle shows up when when Dar comes to and wakes up and see, sees that everyone's dead. The eagle is right. just sitting there, right? So he he mind melds with the eagle because I, I think when he got knocked out, his powers like they manifest came, came in, yeah came in full for real now, and then he can see through animals' eyes and 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 he can. T- better and stuff yeah but the, this eagle is like sitting on, on a post and he connects with the eagle he sees through the eagle's eyes he grabs uh, his father's sword and some supplies and stuff takes off with the eagle and they're just walking around uh-huh then next they uh let's see, where do they run into you next oh he's he's working out for whatever reason with this big log and he hears these um, he hears the, these men shouting and screaming and he looks and they are um, oh no I'm going too far ahead first he, he is uh, like bathing or something and these two these two ferrets come and they steal his clothes <laughs> yes so he goes running butt ass naked through the, the woods falls into this uh quicksand pit and and he starts to sink and 
uh, which the, is awesome. the of like the seventies and eighties, right there. You know, quicksand. Really, oh, yeah. quicksand like that. But movies, oh man, everything. Indiana movies. Jones. Yeah, everything. movies, yeah. cartoons, had it all the time. Yeah. But um, he he connects with, with the ferrets who he names Kodo and Poto. Uh, they they uh, work together to break this branch, and he pulls himself out. And then one of the ferrets falls in, and he saves the ferrets. So now he's got his two thieves. Yeah, and now yeah. I want to say that you know maybe my my faith in you as as a human being, Jay, watching this movie, um, maybe you're somewhat vindicated here because I feel like that somebody else, you know, related this to video games, and that's where we got Sly Cooper. Except instead of ferrets, because they didn't <laughs> want to get sued, I guess, by the creators of Beastmaster, because you know they need some money. They made it a raccoon instead of ferrets. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of what they are. They're thieves, and they just do all this random you know heroic shit that they shouldn't be able to do yeah yeah but uh after that then he comes upon he he hears these guys yelling he comes upon um these i guess trappers and they've got this which for the longest time when i was a kid i thought was a panther Uh, it is a a tiger okay okay a tiger that they have painted black Okay, stop right there. They started the, uh, the the tagline for this movie was "Born with the courage of an eagle, the strength of a black tiger, and the power of a god." What's a black tiger? Is there such a thing? Uh, no, no, it is not. Why a black tiger? I don't, I, I don't know. Not that I have it. You know, I wear a, a lot of my clothing. If you look in my closet, I have a lot of black t-shirts and jeans because I love the color. Why the hell? Why, but but tigers are not black. So why wasn't it a panther? No, and. On top of that, where was the humane society? Where was the hand of God? Said, hey, you know what? You should not paint a tiger. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, right? But you know, when I was a kid, I thought it was a panther. I always assumed it was a panther. Uh, until you actually look at it, and you can tell it's a, it's a painted tiger. Oh, and it gets worse, because <laughs> because throughout the movie, the pink, the, the pink washes off. <laughs> off. <laughs> you can see yeah, takes off his body or definitely like around his mouth and face and stuff like that. The paint yeah. washes off, and they just said "fuck it." And they just kept filming. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is which, which is fucking awesome. This is another point where I said, "You know what? Stop! I can't watch this right now. This is this is this is ridiculous." I had to stop. I took a break. I told Jay, you know, like, man, you know what? I'm watching these guys. This is all I can watch for today. I'll pick I'll pick it up again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even that far into this movie. That's what I'm saying, people. I think no. we're like we're probably like 30 minutes in at this point. Yeah, we're like 30 minutes. Yeah, I just want to think, man. I mean, uh, I guess I guess some action should be happening here pretty soon because I'm already half. I'm you know I'm already a, a third of the way through the movie, and then I realize, oh shit, shit no, this whole two hours. It's not 90 minutes. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I still got much more to see. No, and and I'm sort of watching it as we talk. And you see the tiger, his paws are still, you know, normal tiger color. <laughs> and and, and he walks and faith comes off. Yeah, and I had to point out, out here because he because Dar took his father's boomerang axe thing, which again is one of the cooler looking weapons in this movie. Yeah, in yeah, in any movie, cool. really. It, it's cool. He takes out he uses it twice to, to kill a couple of these these uh, trappers. I, I only point that out because you never see that thing again until the very end. And it's not even used. 
he it, it's given to somebody, but he never because that you you would think that is the iconic weapon of the movie that that's his thing, never yeah. used again. But um, <laughs> then okay, your party is now assembled. So then we have a cutscene basically where he comes upon uh, two women bathing in this pool. Yeah, one of the women is played by uh, Tanya Roberts. Tanya, who, yeah, okay, yeah. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, you you would know her from that '70s show. She played Donna's mom yeah. for a while before yes. she left the show. Mm-hmm. She was Midge Pinciotti, but before that, she was the patron saint of. See, see, I'm, uh, back to those opening credits. You know, I saw her name show up, and I said, again, I had never seen this movie. I was like, oh, Tanya Roberts is in this. Oh God. You know, because because look, I have no, I have nothing against Tanya Roberts. I mean, is she a great actress? Not really. I, I did love her in that '70s show, though. But she seems to always find herself in crappy movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like right after this, she was a movie called Sheena, which is um, basically just um, she's basically this character again, but uh, she's like the female, female Tarzan. Tarzan. Yeah. yeah, she's like the blonde white queen of Africa. Like, oh, okay, sure, I believe that. Um, and a bunch of other shit. she got a lot of shit to her but then before that she was um she she was she she was the poor child who had to uh mop up the final season of charlie's angels after uh farrah fawcett no i forget who else left the show so she's like one of the replacement <laughs> people to keep the yeah. show going yeah so she always finds herself in these crappy tv and movie roles so when i see her name I'm like this must this this can't be too good because i mean she's here yeah and but naked yeah. She she's yeah she's naked. You see her tits. And like wait, this, this movie and I like this is a PG rated movie. I'm like man, this is and that's when I remembered. Okay, PG, different times, people. This is 1982. PG-13 didn't come along until you know your Gremlin. Well, it, after Gremlins and after what Indiana Jones, uh, because you know these were the movies started to come along to where they were they weren't hard enough for R, but they were definitely too much for for the for what they were using the pg rating for mm-hmm. so if you look at movies before 1984 85 and they're pg anything can pretty much happen in here it's like the wild west and this is this is one of those examples where yeah, it would have been 13 oddly, if there was a 13 before yeah but oddly there's no blood yeah like anytime there's a sword fight you don't see any blood on the blade uh, and i'm not talking about graphic you know guts like game of thrones style guts coming out but even you know just you know, Some cutting people down. There's, there's no blood on the blade or nothing. Yeah, yeah. No. But, uh, anyway, back to this. Dar sees see these two girls, and I guess he never messed with women in his village. There had to have been women there, but I guess he didn't mess with them. Or his dad never talking to the birds and the bees because he's <laughs> acting like like a a, a sex crazed teenager here. So he sends Koto and Poto to steal her clothes off into the, the woods. So she chases Koto and Poto into the woods. Then he has his tiger. His black named, tiger. Yeah. Named, uh, his, his name Rue. So he has Rue come up and just like growl. Rue is basically his wingman. So, totally. so he, he, he pops out of nowhere and she's like, oh, don't, don't worry. This is a dangerous beast, but I can, I can handle him and stuff. And so he he stands there and he's making head, head gestures to tell Rue just to leave so he can you know so he can, so he can seal the deal you know 
Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like the kind of gestures he'd be making, like with his head, like Yeah, yeah. He's like, he could, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. You can go now. And so so then he finally gets Rue to leave, so he turns around and he's like uh you know, I just saved your life, but uh, I'll just take this for payment. And then just straight up <laughs> tries to date rape her. Oh, just, God. He grabs her and just starts kissing her. So she, like, flips him on the ground, gets on top of him and threatens him. Then they talk for a minute about, you know, oh, I was a slave and I was beaten and blah, blah, blah. Uh, she she runs away. And yeah, how terrible is that? You know, just a few scenes ago, his powers had just manifested in full and so there was you. The first thing he tries to do it is try to use it to bust that body. Yeah, <laughs> you're a terrible man, Dar. Uh, yeah, and and even Rue, after she she runs away, Rue steps up to him and just kind of looks at him and shakes his head. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you and, dumbass. You painted me black, and, and yeah. you couldn't seal the deal. And then cut to he's walking around now comes to this giant tree that has these big glow-in-the-dark membrane sacks hanging from it. And then there's this giant like metal statue of an eagle. And when and I have to talk about this scene because anytime anyone mentions Beastmatcher, this is the first thing I, I think of because I was freaked out by these things. But then at the same time, that's the one thing that I really remember. Um, but he he sees this tree up on top of this mountain and it's daytime by the final he by the time he finally climbs up there and gets to it it is um, nighttime so he walks up and he sees these giant like they look like alien cocoons like what the uh, the xenomorphs put the people in before where the chest bursters came out you know right and they're just hanging from this tree and then he walks in, he sees this stylized eagle statue sitting there, and then there's this giant like cauldron sitting by the tree, and then there's the cage in the tree, and the guy's in it. He walks over to the cauldron, and stirs the spoon, and a uh, human head like pops out of the stuff. <laughs> and then, and then um, the, the guy that was in the cage... He uh, he doesn't say anything. He just looks all scared and stuff. So Dar cuts the rope, opens the gate. The guy doesn't say thank you. He just starts running away. Yeah. And well, no, he 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 cuts it open, and then Dar turns around, and all of these I don't know how to describe them. They're like leech people, but they have these giant membrane things attached to their arms, kind of like wings. Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were supposed to be. I, I according to to the Internet Bible, it says they're bird men, but they don't look like birds to me. I don't know what they are. But it's anyway, he, budget cuts they made, you know, to you know to film that 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 great uh, village ransacking scene. This is where they made the cuts. It's like, well, they don't look exactly like birds, but is it close enough? Yeah, sure. Okay, keep going. Yeah, um, I mean, their their faces just look all look melted. They don't have mouths. <laughs> And since they don't have mouths, they can't talk and tell you what the fuck they're doing. So <laughs> instead, they they stand there. The guy that was in the cage that was running away, he runs. One just pops up out of nowhere and opens his arms and in like gives him a hug with these giant membrane things. 
and then the the Birdman thing puts his head inside his arms as well. So it's like it, it almost looks like a shower curtain that is around the guy, mm-hmm. and this weird like screeching sound happens, and you see the the man's feet underneath, and you see this green slime going down his his uh, legs. You see the man's hands and face trying to push through that membrane. And then Gross. and then the Birdman opens his arms and just bones fall out. Because I guess that's how they eat. Yeah. But then they, they all start sort of marching in on Dar like they're going to eat him. Then the eagle comes in and lands on Dar's arm. And then it hops off of his arm onto that eagle statue. All the Birdman just back up because apparently they worship eagles. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's not explained. It's just assumed because they back. They're, they're afraid of this eagle for God knows what reason. Yeah, and they have this big idol in the middle of their their you know where they live. So something's got to be. Yeah, they got something don't, about the eagle. They don't talk, and then the eagle flies away. It flies like right between them, and all of these because there's at least you know twenty thirty of them. All these these creatures sort of part ways so the ego can fly between them so Dar starts walking in between them and he's got his sword out and he's he's you know walking in a circle to make sure they don't come up behind him then all of a sudden one pops up in front of him <laughs> and opens his arms and, and Dar's about to stab it and he closed the birdman closes his arms over the tip of of Dar's sword and slides this amulet with a picture of the eagle statue on there. Yeah. And then the birdman just nods and steps aside so Dark can walk past. No dialogue here, so you don't know what that thing is for, what it means, why he gave it to him. It just goes on to the next scene. Yeah, and now I mean and that was my question here. I actually wrote that in my notes. First of all, did Dar did the Eagle do that on its own? Like the actual you know, his Dar's Eagle? Did it do that on its own? Did he make it do that? And then, I mean, he can talk to animals. Can he talk to animal people? And maybe they had a silent agreement there. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I I was chalked it up to. I was chalked it up to coincidence that that uh, the eagle just happened to to fly in at that one time, and you know, because it, it it's not like Dar looked at that statue and said, "Oh, huh. I you know, I have an eagle for a pet, so you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this." And it's nice to fly around, and I mean, don't don't they usually sleep at night? I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, it's weird. This whole thing is. Weird. But anyway, I, he makes he he makes it to the capital city where he was born, and it is this shitty, it's a shitty desert set with this like chocolate syrup looking moat around it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very thin. It, uh, I mean, you uh, jump. Yeah, just step right down. over. Yep. Like, but it's got this giant. It's got this giant bridge across it. Um, <laughs> but he he walks <laughs> into this gated village, and he's walking around, and he goes yeah, and just and, walks right in, and nobody recognizes. Hey, you know, you don't belong here. Well, nobody's in town because they're all in the center of of the city oh, at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, okay, and they're. They're they're watching they're watching Malik sacrifice this child. Dude <laughs> Can we talk about this for a second? He's just doing okay, is he still is this still related to the beginning of the movie? Yeah, they have 
apparently this god that they that he worships called R. Child sacrifices is is what he does. Okay, I thought he was okay. See, somewhere I missed. I got my signals crossed. I missed that because I thought that I thought that he was still in fear of being killed by you know by this prophecy, and so he just go around still killing children to make you know kind of like like Pharaoh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I thought that I thought that was still a thing. I'm like, well, didn't you already put the child in the cow? Aren't you Aren't you good? Yeah. No, I I think it's it's. Yeah, yes, he had to, to kill Dar because Dar was the king's son, but also sacrificing kids is what they believe in. So, Okay. Uh, anyway, Dar walks up and he sees that it's happening. He sends his eagle to swoop in. And this child... Uh, six, maybe seven? Yeah. And it's being pushed down this slide into this pit of fire. He sends the eagle to fly in and pick up this child and fly away. Now, yeah, and before that, you see him throw another child in the fire. Except you don't actually see him throw him like he holds him over his head like he's going to body slam him. And you see yeah. him drop it and the camera cuts away and like it just cuts to the fire and you don't see it. Just, yeah. It's just like, oh, well, there goes a the kid. And yeah. uh, where are these kids coming from? Are they, are they, are they children of the village? Yeah, because later on, the, the kid's father said, said that, that Malik keeps the people there just to breed for children okay. to sacrifice. Again, I missed that too. I'm like, you know, because if you were if that was going on, it's like, why would you even bother having a child in this place? Why wouldn't you leave? Or also, hey, when this when, when this little ceremony is going on, hey, how about you don't bring your kid? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, they're, they're forced to. But, listen, I have seen, like, YouTube videos of eagles picking up, like, poodles and, you know... Oh, yeah, that happens. Animal stuff... I have never one. I, I've never seen any, anything a bird pick up anything equal to the size of a you know a six year old girl ever. And even if it could, I've never seen it fly as high as this thing does because it takes off because it swoops down, grabs the kid, then takes off freaking high. Because all you see is the eagle flying. And then a bad cartoon drawing of a child in the eagle's claws <laughs> as it flies across the screen. It, but you know, e- even when these birds like grab dogs or chickens and stuff, though they have to compensate for the weight, so they can't fly that high. You know, they're still kind of low. But no, this bird just takes off. So then Dar, so Dar is stand standing there, and all of the people in the village drop to their knees and bow. Um. Merrick is is looking around and he's confused, and then he sees Dar standing there, and then he keeps looking at the bird and looking at Dar. I don't know how he knows that it's Dar that that uh, made the bird do this, but somehow he knew. But then you see him; he's got this look on his face, like "What the fuck just happened?" And he's finally like, "Okay, yeah." So see the god R wants your children see what the bird did so you have to give us more children you know and and tries to cover his ass basically yeah but then you see him later he he is he's talking with the other two witches that are alive that we have to find out who this guy is and we have to kill him because he can talk to animals I don't know how he figured that out but he did so then um, 
you know, again, they don't account for very much of the logic in this movie at all. They just assume, oh, yeah, they just assume, okay, sure. Yeah, but, you know, again, there's a lot of bloat here, so we're going to go a little bit quicker. But, you know, you basically see him. He fights off these assassins. Um, he does some more walking around outside of this city and fighting different guys. He runs into um, uh, Seth, which is a very... It's a very fantasy name. Yeah, and <laughs> well, for a black man, it is. I don't well, know a yeah. black named Seth. That's and on top true. of that, Seth is played by uh, John Amos, who uh, you all know as Cleo McDowell or uh, James Evans. Yeah, from Good Times. So I had but a theory he... about this. I had a theory about this is that uh, you know in Good Times, uh, oh, you know. You know they had a really good theme song for uh, Good Times. Mm-mm. <coughs> Mm-mm. Okay, all right, I won't. <laughs> really great song, but uh, no, you're not making up new lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you're thinking, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Oh. No, I had a theory about because James dies in Good Times, like his character is killed off, and what happened is he was uh, trying to find another job out of town. He went to Mississippi. To find like a contracting job, and it was killed in a car accident, headed to or from there. So, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that's where you get the infamous "damn, damn, damn" scene with uh, yeah. Florida. But yeah, where um, so I, I feel like he was su- he was such a good man, always sacrificing, providing for his family. That you know, karma. You know, when it's his time to come to, to be reincarnated, he comes back as a rich owner of a restaurant chain it's called McDowell's, and. This is where he's back again, and but he kind of he kind of wasn't the best steward of it. He kind of wasn't the best steward of everything, and so he he you know it, he was an asshole and he was kind of a money grubber. And so they said, okay, you know what? You were good in a past life. You turned out to be okay in the end in this one, but uh, now we're gonna make you work for it. So like this is his purgatory. So he has to go and wear a, a leather loincloth. Yes, and yeah, so so Beastmaster coming to America in good times we're in the same universe. Oh god. Oh god. Yeah, well, you that know. Well, he's I, keeping I, it, well, well he's, he's keeping his head above water, making a wave when he can. It could work if he was if he was in Beastmaster 2, it probably could have worked. Because Beastmaster 2 they do end up on Earth, but we'll we'll touch on that later. Okay. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, they run into Seth and this uh, boy whose name is Tall or Tao or something, um, who you find out is the king's son. He's the king's other son. Um, so they uh, Seth, Seth says that they ran away because um, uh, the the king has been imprisoned, and I raised. Uh, tall until he's he's ready to take take over as prince and uh, we need to overthrow uh, Merrick and blah 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 so um, uh, Dar says you know well you know I'll I'll journey with you for a while because why not um, <laughs> and then Dar is showing them all of the the junk that that Koto and Poto have stolen and apparently they stole a necklace that belonged to Tanya Roberts and and 
Seth gets all pissed off. He's like, where did you get this? He's like, well, you know, they stole it from this slave girl that I met. That's no slave girl. That's, um, that's Prince, Prince Tao's cousin, which means it's Dar's dun, cousin. Dun, dun. Which we, we, yeah, we've got kind of a Star Wars incest thing going on. <laughs> yeah, except, you know, it, it gets, except, 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 uh, but it gets worse because, you know, at least in Star Wars, they figured out and they, you know, and they, you know, they, they come off that, you know. Yeah. Also Han Solo. In this, you know, letting the cat out of the bag. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Then it's like, ah, fuck it. It's just like with the Black Tiger thing, you know, paint's coming off. Fuck it. Keep going. It's like, yeah, she's my cousin. Fuck it. Let's make out. And they have a couple scenes where they do that. They're just like, I don't care. Yeah. I, I mean, even though, honestly, it's not revealed to Dar that he is the king's firstborn son until the very end of the movie but everyone that's watching the movie already knows that yeah uh, so the, okay cuz you know kissing cousins or whatever i don't know how how far removed she is but still or then wait a minute well then again you know this is old village times i don't know maybe that wasn't such a thing back then i don't know i i guess not i don't know stages, i don't i don't know but either way it's fucking it's, it's really weird and again, Tanya yeah. Roberts, I feel bad. I really feel bad for Tanya Roberts. Like, how do you keep getting these shit roles in these shit movies? I don't know. But, um, you know, fast forward, uh, the ego finds finds Tanya's, Tanya's being brought with these other slave girls back to the city that Dar just left to be sacrificed. Uh, so, so they all intercept him at the river on this, like, river barge. And they set up a uh, an ambush, and they they save her and the other slave girls, and uh, they say, "Okay, we've got to go back to the city and and save save the king, and then we will uh, go from there." So, so Seth says, "Okay, I'm gonna go and find these rebels. You 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 guys break into the city again and and save the king, and we'll meet in three days." in this valley so they go back to the city they break into the pyramid place to to find the father and then while they're in there they see the creation of the death guards which are these basically S&M type <laughs> type dudes that they're wearing these gimp masks and they got these uh, big gauntlets on it's just nothing but spikes they kind of remind of um Remember back in WWF, uh, you know the the Road Warriors. Well, they were part of uh, you know in slash Legion of Doom, depending on uh, where they're wrestling at. They were part of a uh, W or NWA slash WCW at the time, and McMahon wanted them and couldn't have them, so he created this group called the Demolition. That's oh yeah, this like kind of remind me of like Smash and Crush from the Demolition. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, you you see them create one of these guys because there's a set of keys to unlock the door to get the um, king free. Now, before all, all this happened, the prince has has this ring that, that he also took out of, of Dar's stash that it that happens to be like a magic eye, so Merrick can see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So Merrick knows that they're in the city, and Merrick is setting up a trap. But you see these um, a- as they use Koto and Poto to steal the the keys to the gate or to the king's cell. You watch them make a death guard. 
So they've got this guy strapped down to this thing. He's wearing leather underwear, basically. Like a leather a leather thong, more or less. He's got leather boots on. He's got these leather gauntlets on. And then they they put this green jelly in his ear and then drop like this green slug thing, kind of like in... This movie is big uh, on jelly and, and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, kind of like in uh, Star Wars or Star Trek Three, The Wrath of Khan when... When they put those ear things, the earworms in in the dude's ears to control them or whatever, yeah, uh, it, it's a similar thing, and it's supposed to drive them crazy, and so they're just berserkers, you know. Then they strap this gimp mask on him, and his eyes start to glow green. As they're doing that, um, the monks happen to see Kodo and Poto being being uh, snuck into this cell that distracts them and they don't get the death guard tied down enough because they're worried about these two ferrets uh, the death guard breaks free and starts chasing the ferrets all over the fucking place mm-hmm. now in the meantime uh, as as Dar and the prince are watching this death guard get made uh, Tanya Roberts sneaks off to this secret room and and comes back out and she's wearing less than what she had on before because she barely had anything on the, <laughs> in the first place but then she comes out and she's wearing like half a shirt and er, you, she's got like camel toe like you wouldn't believe coming out of the bottom of this thing and, <laughs> and then the only only thing extra she has on now is like a, a big wide belt and a, a hairpin that like doubles as a throwing star yeah. So it, <laughs> so they explain it as they explain it that she's part of this ancient warrior sect, and and before Merrick took over the the uh, pyramid used to be their like temple, their uh, their home. Why they couldn't use these secret tunnels to get to the king some other way, I don't know. Yeah, again, but anyway, a lot, of, a lot of holes, a lot of faulty, uh, faulty writing, faulty logic. Yeah. So now, so now the two ferrets are running around, being chased by the Death Guard. They go to the king's cell, and they're just standing around waiting for the the ferrets to show up. But then they find out the door's open, so they go in, and and they they uh, look at the king, and they, they've America scooped out the king's eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, come to find out, it, it is a trap. Merrick shows up at the door with the witch, and uh, uh, tries to kill him. Somehow, the tiger got in without anybody knowing. <laughs> I yeah, don't know how. Like it's more same way the cow got in with nobody knowing. But the beginning of the movie. Yeah, but now the the tiger's in there, and the tiger has trapped Merrick and the witch inside of the king's cell with the king and Dar and. Tanya Roberts and the prince. So then the witch like throws this stuff in Dar's eyes and he can't see and he's just swinging his sword around blindly. The tiger's standing at the door. So Dar links up with the tiger so he can see where the witch is. The witch is doing this Spider-Man crawl up <laughs> up the side of the wall. <laughs> and, and she's hanging above Dar. So Dar takes his sword, shoves it in the air and then does this corkscrew move where he just runs around in a circle with the sword in her 
<laughs> she falls to the ground and turns into this pink smoke. Oh shit! And so then they go to attack Merrick. Merrick, this is a this is a prison cell. It's got some stairs. This is a prison cell. Right. So Merrick goes down around the corner behind where the stairs go and somehow got away. So that means that there are other doors and other openings to get in. Why the king just did? Why they didn't find that door and get in that way? I don't know. Because Merrick goes goes around the corner, disappears. <laughs> so now, now they're in this thing, and they they go down to the bottom of the the whatever. It's this like Indiana Jones style like dungeon room with all these skulls everywhere. They got to turn this bone wheel to make this giant skull lift in the air so they can go down this secret tunnel. So everyone goes down the tunnel except for Dar because he's waiting for the ferrets to show up. Right. Um, the ferrets finally show up, but so does the Death Guard. Uh, Dar smashes the, the rope so then the tunnel is sealed off. And then him and Tanya Roberts go up this like air shaft. <laughs> the Death Guard follows them up the air shaft and is is trying to slice the rope that they are climbing back down the mountain with it. You just have to see it to understand what's going on. Needless to say, the eagle comes and blinds the Death Guard. He falls out of the the air shaft and tumbles to his death. Dar and Tanya Roberts jump, but they end up in in the. Um, wagon of that guy whose kid darts dar had saved mm-hmm. so then they escape they leave town they come back to the valley where seth has found 35 rebels and the king's all bluster and you know we're gonna go back in and 35 men is enough to take merrick and we can do this and uh, beastmaster says well hold on because if you kill merrick that that's gonna bring the Jun Horde and the Jun Ugh. will kill everybody. Yeah, when that cartoon so, Dust Cloud comes, oh, yeah. <laughs> we're so in for it, guys. Yeah. So, so then, um, so then, <laughs> the the king, you know, it, is blind, but he walks over to Dar, and and starts squeezing on his pecs a weird way. <laughs> And then he's like, I don't have need for cowards. He's like, we can do this. I'm king, and what I say goes, and I'm not going to listen to this freak who talks to animals. <laughs> so so then Dar says, okay, I'll... Well, he doesn't even say, okay, I'll leave. I'll leave. He just gets he gets the tiger and his ferrets, and he walks away. And as he walks over the hill out of this valley, you see this one, one stray tear go down his cheek. Because again, he's he's you know the giant man child who hasn't really matured for whatever reason. Yeah, and he's just crying about it. Yeah, and somebody littered, so he has the one, the one team. Yeah. So um, Tanya comes up behind him and he says, "Well, will you go with me?" And she says, "No, I can't." He's like, "Okay, well, I'll stay with you." And she says, "No, you can't do that either." Can't because, either. Can't. because I learned something about our relation. Um, it's kind of against the law. <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> Yeah, because the uh, king says that you're a freak, and I can't, uh, I can't listen, and or I, I can't disobey him because he's the king, and you know there's something familiar about you. You look <laughs> awful lot like the king. I, I can't place it, <laughs> but <laughs> I have to do what my uncle says, and my uncle says don't, don't listen to the freak. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Dar leaves and he falls asleep. He wakes up in the afternoon and the the father comes running up in a horse and he's like, Oh, the plan failed. <laughs> the plan failed because they were... Because Seth has seen this uh, magic ring that the the prince has, which has the eye in it. Seth has seen it and, and Seth sticks us a hot poker in it and throws it in fire and explodes. Seth tells the king, hey, we can't do this now because Merrick knows and the king is like, fuck it, we're doing it anyway. <laughs> so, it fails. So, so then, you know, uh, Dar decides, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna go save the day. <laughs> so, it, it is a lot like that Monty Python piece that I used in our uh, our preview, our YouTube preview, where you just see Dar riding towards the city, riding yep. towards the city, and you almost want to put that drum roll in, because <laughs> it cuts to the pyramid, and they're bringing Tanya Roberts up to the top of the pyramid, and you see Dar riding. He's riding it. <laughs> you, you see Seth and, and the, the prince are, are uh, tied up in the back of this wagon, and you see Dar riding into town. He's coming in. That's where we go riding into town. A whopping and a whopping. Every living thing that moves within an inch of its life. Except the women folks, of course. <laughs> He's coming through the gate. <laughs> and then they're, they're pulling Tanya up oh, to the city. They're, they're holding her on top of this uh, on top of the, this stone table to kill her. And Dar's riding in and riding in and riding in. He gets to the thing finally. He's like, aha! <laughs> <laughs> and he starts slicing people as he's climbing up this, this uh, uh, thing. He's going back and forth and he's killing and jumping up there. And you know what? If they would have <laughs> spliced in that drum roll, that, all that you know, exactly like that, ten times better movie. Oh, it would have been so long. And, and as he, he's riding by, he throws the bag that keep Kodo and Poto. That he, he keeps him in. He throws that in the. Uh, in the wagon and they jump out and they start chewing on on Seth's ropes and the prince's ropes and they're gonna you know get them free so so Dar's fighting his way to the top and he fights he he uh he he gets to the top he gets Tanya free even though she's unconscious and then he starts swinging his sword around at Merrick and Merrick goes and stands behind the king and he wakes the king up and he's like he's like look you know whatever the king's name was here's your your unborn son back to save you and the king's like my son and Merrick stabs him in the chest and then uh, Dar just charges him and they start fighting back and forth um the witch the other witch that's left comes out and and uh, like tries to do something Dar stops her. Dar goes back to Merrick. He he stabs Merrick in the chest with a with a dagger. Merrick falls down on the ground. The witch um, somehow starts trying to bring Merrick back to life. And uh, Dar sees it. See, sees the witch. The witch turns around and and throws up her cape like she's gonna fly away. Dar stabs her in the back. She turns into this white dove and flies off. So it's, I don't know if she's I don't, dead. Yeah. He dead or, or he just what exactly didn't make happened. it in time. Didn't you know? I thought maybe he just didn't kill her in time. Like he went for the stab, and then she right when she was transforming and got free. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but um, 
Anyway, Merrick comes back to life, but he's just sort of sitting there, and he you see him pull the knife out, and that's the only time you see blood, is when you see the little bit of blood on his shirt where he was stabbed. Right. And Dar has saved Tanya, and they're walking down the steps together. Uh, Kodo and Poto have been working their way up the steps, and they see... <laughs> One of them sees that uh, that that Merrick is about to stab Dar in the back. It jumps. I, I don't think weasels can jump this, or fairs can jump that high, because it jumped up three steps just to get. Because it the the thing was three steps below where where Dar was, and then Merrick was a couple steps above Dar. But somehow it did this super jump and got on on Merrick's back and was chewing on the back of his neck. <laughs> And they both fall. They both fall into this this fire pit. Uh, and and you know Dar starts to cry. Of course, no bolt, Kodo. But you know what? I mean, of all the things, you know, you know, with the between the eagle that can pick up sixty pound children and the black tiger. I mean, I I, I guess I can go for a ferret who can super jump. I guess so, but. The fucked up thing is that they um they get to they they get to the top of the tower and you know as all this going is going on Seth and the prince are also sort of fighting their way up. Okay, Merrick is dead. So Seth turns around and looks down to the the people that are gathered at the bottom of the thing and he yells, "Fight to the top. Fight for your your freedom." Everyone's already dead. There <laughs> All of the bad guys are dead already. And he's right. like, fight to the top. So you just see everyone climbing the top. <laughs> and as they're climbing to the top, see, this is why I think the witch is alive. Because that bird flew off. And no sooner did Merrick in the fire and is a nice, well done. You know, they they look over over to the corner. Over, you know, over in the distance. And you see that cartoon dust yeah. cloud. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Johns are coming. We have to run. And Dar's like, no, we stay and fight. So, <laughs> so then they decide to stay and fight. They make this whole plan where they are going to pull the uh, bridge that's over the tar pit back. And they're going to cover the tar pit with uh, sand so it looks like regular ground. Oh, yeah. This this right here. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. So... So they, they do that, and by the time they get done, it's nightfall. The the Jun Horde, which is more of a Jun group of guys, there's maybe <laughs> maybe twenty of them. Yeah. And, well, no, I, I'll say there's probably forty to begin with. But at you know they they for? okay well yeah because because a lot of them get blown up. Oh yeah so yeah okay yeah, at, yeah that's what I'm saying okay yeah go ahead. Yeah, they come at night, and just before, before they got done, done with all these plans and stuff, Dar reaches in his boot and pulls out that eagle medallion that the the leech bird people gave him, and throws it in the air to the eagle. The eagle just takes off. Again, I, it's never explained that that, that that this this medallion will call them to come. You know, as far as we know, it's just a trinket that the that the bird people gave him you don't yeah, know what it's all the other time it's seen there was, there yeah. was he got it i mean they don't yeah. yeah 
So he, he throws it and the eagle leaves. The it's nighttime, the, the junt hordes show up. Everyone except for about four guys are standing just inside the gate walls. Um there's two guys that, that are outside the walls that have uh, there's one guy standing on where the bridge is like he's going to pretend to defend it there's another guy standing by the wall next to uh, a torch and and um, for whatever reason Dar's like yeah in my village uh, the the tar was a test of manhood and blah 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 I'm like it's it's a tar mode how is that a test of manhood right but anyway the the leader of the horde puts his mallet thing in the air and then you know about 20 guys ride forward they all fall into the moat which is more like water than tar looks to me yeah but <laughs> but anyway they they end up climbing some of them climb through it and and you know they're covered in this gunk but but they're climbing through it and they're shooting their crossbows and they kill the three dudes that are outside the walls um that are supposed to light this thing on fire. So then the prince sees this happening. The prince runs out. Tanya Roberts runs after the prince to uh, to stop him. Um, the guy that was on the that was standing on the bridge as he he's dying, he pulls the cord that makes the gate fall down. So now Seth and Dar have to climb over the gate while while the prince is picks up this torch and he's trying to light the, the moat himself um, yeah and, and this is what this this is where I'm like okay what the hell movie tar is tar yeah. fallible I don't know I don't think so I, I, don't, I mean asphalt made of tar I mean I don't I don't recall anyone ever you know lightning ever striking tar and you know causing a fire as with like dry grass or something like that I don't know or I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the hell is going? This is not. It's not gasoline. It's tar. Yeah. So it's not oil. It's tar. So anyway, they're standing there, and and just as the prince is getting to the edge, he gets shot in the shoulder with a crossbow. Uh, Tanya Roberts is there. She she is like try, trying to protect the prince. One of the guys gets out of the tar. Is about to stab her. She takes the torch, shoves it into the dude's chest. He gets set on fire. Dar comes running up and does this <laughs> flying kick. Knocks him into the tar, and this tar explodes like fucking kerosene. <laughs> I mean, it just explodes. It explodes. I've never seen an explosion like this in my life, and I don't. I don't know how any of the actors didn't get burned the way this shit went up. But it explodes. It's tar, <laughs> and and you know about twenty of the guys die. Um, some of the guys survive somehow. Um, then all that's left is like the the leader's main sort of guard. So the they end up fighting, coming through the flames, somehow surviving. All of them are standing there in a circle, and they've they've they've, they've gathered Dar and Seth and Tanya and the prince all in the circle, and they got their swords drawn. The leader comes over the side, and you think it's going to be a one-on-one challenge to the death. You know, whoever wins, then the you know they're going to leave or whatever. So Dar fights the leader, and actually, it's a pretty good fight. You know, yeah, yeah, um, fight. Yeah, they do a pretty good job with these fights. Um, yeah, one the one-on-one fights. 
well, one thing I will say though, um, I'm sorry to cut to uh, kind of cut things off here, but I I had to go do a search. I didn't do this before. I searched the Internet Bible. Yes, uh, liquids are. It is flammable. It is not combustible oh, yeah. though. It does not explode. <laughs> what yeah. The yeah. Oh. This, this shit goes up like a fireball. But um, the leader challenges Dar to a one-on-one fight. They fight. Of course, Dar wins. And you would think, okay, that means the rest of the guys are going to leave. Kind of like um, that movie with, with Antonio Banderas, the 13th Warrior. 13th Warrior, they, yeah. When, when Antonio kills the leader, or when the, the Viking chief kills the leader, the rest of them just run away. Mm. But no, these guys are staying to fight. And just as they're about to stab everybody, you see that eagle fly in and lands on Dar's arm. And then the Birdman show up and just start eating people. And all, all you hear is as they just scoop people up and just start devouring them and dropping skeletons on the ground. So, uh, you know, it. So as, as they are, are watching all this stuff, Dar's like, okay, let's go back inside. And as they're walking inside, there's three Birdmen that I guess are flying above the air the way the way it looks they're just in the air mm-hmm. and Dar looks up at them and all three of them look down at Dar and they just nod their head and they leave so I don't know what again they don't talk so you don't know what any of that means no, it's I don't know if they're saying thanks for the meal or whatever I don't know <laughs> but then it ends and and uh, you see them you know trying, trying to take care of the prince and get the the crossbow bolt out of his arm and um, uh, Dar's like, you know, the the next day, Dar tells Seth, you know, I'm gonna, gonna get going. I'm I'm gonna travel, and he says, give the prince this, and he hands him hands him that axe blade boomerang thing, and as he hands it to him, Seth grabs Dar's arm and looks at at his hand, and he sees that that brand that's in his palm. And Dar's like, "Hey, you're firstborn. You're you're the one who's supposed to be king." He's like, "No, I'll, um, leave it to to a uh, tall because he was, you know, raised to do it. I'm the beast master." <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say that, but he more or less says it. Yeah, so yeah. he, uh, it, again, <laughs> if he would have, and again, done the little, uh, if they would have just put, put those drum rolls in again, better movie. Yeah. So then it, you know, cuts to the end, and now he's walking away from the city, which is really more of a small village than a, you know, capital city. But he's walking away, he's got the eagle, he's got the tiger, he's got one of the ferrets, and that ferret actually had given birth to two baby ones, so now he's got three. And then Tanya Roberts shows up, and then they go on to live in sin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, again, I uh, mean, so by now he has to know, right? He would now that he, he knows that, that he's the unborn son. Yeah, he, he should know. Yeah, this uh, he yeah. Doesn't... But they're like, you know what? Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Eh, fuck it. He pulls a Kevin Gates. You know what I'm saying? He found out he was yeah. begging his cousin, saying, "You know what? But this is good, so I'm gonna keep doing." It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. But uh, anyway, that's how it ends. And um, like I said, uh, just want to touch real quick. They did have two sequels. The second sequel was. Uh, some the gate of time or something like that which um it's another one where one of those movies that i hate where they take a a, 
a sort of mystical or uh, mythical setting, and then they bring it to Earth. Bring it so to then the he's end. like, "What is this phone? Why does this carriage not have horses but still moves?" <laughs> yeah. And in that one, the tiger is a regular tiger. Oh yeah, you think? Because I think you know what? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, they they didn't bother touching up his paint for half the uh, half the movie. Yeah. I was like you know what? Why do we even do this at all? Whose idea and was this? That person was fired. Oh, they, they they were fired because it it was considered one of the worst sequels of all time because it had nothing to do with the first movie. It introduced another half brother that was never mentioned in the first movie. It's this other half brother who's evil. Um, what else was in there? Um, yeah, went went through time and had to deal with Earth, all that other kind of bullshit. That came out in '91. Then in '96, NBC had a made-for-TV movie which did seem more like the, the original movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Seth was back, but he was played by Tony Todd, the, the candy man. Oh, uh, really? No more yeah. uh, No more Cleo McDowell? No. Uh-uh. And then uh, Tall, the, the prince Tall was now king, of course. Of course. But he was played uh, older. He, he was played by Casper Van Dien. Uh, he was a star of, of uh, Starship Troopers. He played Rico. Mm-hmm. So and and you know Mark Mark Singer was back as the Beastmaster, and then in like the early two thousands when or no I'd say the late nineties you know when uh, late nineties early two thousands when when Hercules and Xena got big they brought Beastmaster back but it was and Mortal Kombat of, Conquest yeah yeah it, it was all around that same time they brought Beastmaster back as a a uh, a TV show. But this one had nothing to do, other than the name Dar, and I think the animals' names were the same. But it had nothing to do with the movie at all. It did a completely separate thing. Uh, Mark Singer showed up as another Beastmaster who taught uh, this, <laughs> this new Dar how to be a better Beastmaster. Um, I think I watched maybe one or two episodes, just one, one of those Saturday morning, nothing else on TV right. type things, and I watched it, and it sucked. I never watched it again. Um, I want to say here real quick that uh, going back to uh, Tanya Roberts, that uh, it was because of her role in this movie that uh, Oliver Stone cast her in A View to a Kill. Really? (laughs) I don't know what what he saw in this, but that movie sucked too, and she was also nominated for a Razzie in that movie, so there you go. (laughs) And then also, uh, like I said, Sheena. Isn't Sheena like like a year or two later? Yeah. uh, to do in this movie and you know pretty much the same characters she got nominated for Razzie on that one too yeah but she know you know it, it was kind of, kind of Tarzan but I think she had a, a animal that she could kind of talk to you too so it was kind of Tarzan meets Beastmaster kind of but yeah, um, she was the Beastmaster's cousin man maybe she's you know some of I that guess. I mean and, and I mean not but, so much because of that, but because I guess they swapped so much DNA over the course of their life. Maybe he uh, learned how to uh, talk to the animals. See, and that's the thing that's never explained. Is he the beast master because he was he he was born out of a cow because that's spell? Or would <laughs> he have say. been? Would he he have been a beast master if he was just born normal? None and of this. So, is, there, there's so much in this movie that is not explained. And then, and, sort of guess. and so then go forward. Go back to your. Uh, to you, to your, uh, your your series, your your uh, your TV series, where they say that 
uh, another Beastmaster comes on. So was was yet another guy born of a cow? I don't know. I said I I never saw that those episodes, so I I don't know what Mark Singer was doing. But um, yeah, that's the Beastmaster, folks. Yeah, that's the Beastmaster. And again, I just don't understand. I don't understand why this movie isn't just buried in the annals of B movie schlock. Because I don't I don't I don't really get. I don't get why this is a cult classic. Like people want to keep watching. I saw it once, and that was enough for me. Well, I watched twice for the show, but um, I could barely I get through it the first time. After that, I I'm glad I never had to watch this movie again. I'll still watch it again. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I know it, you will. It, it, you know, I, I mean, you're not alone because it was replayed on both those channels forever. Yeah. So some and, apparently I mean, people, I just don't get it. I don't get the appeal of this. Like, just so, it's, it's two hours long. There's no. I mean, the acting is terrible. And there's just so much that doesn't happen over two hours. Yeah, and even looking and at this movie, movie, even looking at this movie now with a critical eye for this show, I would still watch it again. Uh, just you know, if if it was on, I would watch it again, just because. Oh, you are a but. trooper, because <laughs> yeah, but you know that's just me. But uh, uh, anyway, um, where can they find us? <laughs> uh, they can find us at www.nojibbajabbafm.com, facebook.com slash nojibbajabbafm is where you will find all our episodes. Um, check out latest I Mini the Fool, hashtag yes. not my Baymax. <laughs> and I'll also you- check out our first uh, interview special. Yes, that is on Jeff Cake's feed as well. Yeah, yeah, that's up there. Yeah, with uh, Resurrection Seven, Iris Arellano, and uh, the Keepers of the Funk. Got some, uh, got got some, some good stuff happening over there. You know, we are, um, you know, kind of selling to a rhythm over there. Jay Mills is really picking up things pretty well. So, uh, yeah, keep checking out all our shows on the, you know, on all our feeds. Um, uh, you can find me. At Ill Rock Ski, you can find Jay at JRU78, and of course, you can find us, the network, usually it's Jay, but sometimes it's me too, and just, you know, anything in general, at Death Cakes Pod, all on Twitter. Uh, and on Instagram. Yes, yes, yes. You've been lighting up the Instagram lately, man. I've been trying. I've been taking pictures of my uh, toy collection uh, as I sort of get things uh, arranged in, in my new office setup, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, stay tuned for those those new pictures, and stay tuned for everything else we're doing. Yes, yes. So, and Instagram, of course, is uh, no jibba jabba FM. So, yeah, uh, and and stay tuned for next Death Cakes, where you know I, I said we are going to be watching Red Sonia. Yeah, the movie's very easy to find. So if you want to watch ahead of time and uh, listen, you know, along with us, go ahead. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that it, was another that was another Saturday morning mainstay. Usually on, um, you know, on your on your on your TBSs or uh, like your locally channel eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched a lot yeah. of Red Sonia. See, and I have a feeling this is going to be the reverse conversation because, uh, you know, and I haven't I haven't seen the movie probably in a good 15, 20 years. But that was a movie I watched a lot when I was a kid, and if it was on today, I probably could watch again and be texting or calling my my people's like, hey man, remember Red Sonia's on? Remember we used to watch this all the time every time it came on? So. I have a feeling like this is going to be like the, the flip side, like the reverse of uh, this episode, whereas you watched a lot of Beastmaster. I'd never seen it and didn't like it. 
and I have seen Red Sonia. I hate Red Sonia, <laughs> but but uh, I'm gonna watch it again for the sake of the show. Yeah, sake of the show and sake of coincidence, like he said, you know they came both both up on uh, El Rey, and coincidentally, like I said, these are both movies that you watched a ton of this, I watched a ton of the other. So yeah, actually very uh very death cakey of uh, El Rey to do that. Yeah, it was. It, it it was really sort of serendipity that they decided to air those two exact movies at the same time. Yes. But uh, anyway, till next time, folks. See ya. See ya. Keeping it real, son. That's right. Shining star. My shining star, girl. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house. Uptown in the house. Salad, are you in the house? Boogie down, are you in the house? Sacramento in the house. Atlanta, Georgia, are you in the house? West Coast, are you in the house? Japan, are you in the house? Everybody, are you in the house? Baby, baby, come on. Baby, come on. Baby, come on.
Let me see you shake your right. Roll the back of the back. Let's do it, do it, do it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm a little bit of rock. I don't sow the soul. Big letters all big and bold. Bold, dirty bass, dirty bass, blow. Trojan to T stand for tender to the bad guys. Power stand for tough.